Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's pray. Father, we just give you thanks and praise at this time to just worship you and praise you and glorify you, Father. We thank you that your word is coming forth by your spirit, Father. And you're the one who gives utterance. You're the one, Holy Spirit, that leads us and guides us in these things. And so we just yield ourselves to you to speak and to hear, to listen and to do. And we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I may sound a little froggy today. I was in a lot of dust the other day, the last few days, I should say, the last few days doing some mowing and whatnot. So (sighs) forgive me. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the Pauline prayers or the prayers of Paul. And Paul had, had some, when he wrote his epistles, oftentimes he had a prayer in there that he was praying for other people. And I was looking at this because um, several months ago we got uh, an evil report. And so one of the things that we did is we went to people and we said, look, what we really need is wisdom and understanding. So would you please pray the Ephesian prayers for us? And then we prayed the Ephesian prayers. So every day, every morning, we're going through the Ephesian prayers. And the Lord began to drop things, excuse me, into my heart because it wasn't just, you know how you can do things and it's just rote? I'm just going to repeat this because, you know, we're just supposed to repeat things. But it began to just drop in. Truths began to drop in. And so as I was looking at the Ephesian prayers, and I started looking at the prayers in Colossians, Philippians, and uh, Timothy, and excuse me, Thessalonica, um, there's so much there. There's just so much there. So let's look at Ephesians 6.18 first. And Ephesians 6.18, it says, pray at all times. On every, this is amplified, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding on behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. Now, the Greek in there literally says, on every occasion, pray with all kinds of prayer and at all times in the spirit. You know, there's a lot of different prayers out there. You have prayers of intercession, you have prayers of faith, you have prayers of, you know, you could go on down the list. <clears throat> and then there's praying in the Spirit. And one of the things that, <clears throat> that was brought to me on this is that too often we get into a situation and we don't pray from, we pray from in the Spirit because we're like, well, you know, that'll cover everything. And it doesn't. You weren't necessarily supposed to pray in the Spirit about that. You're supposed to pray according to knowledge of that information or that situation that you're dealing with. And so sometimes we just use praying in the Spirit as a stopgap. Well, I guess I'll just pray in the Spirit. That'll cover everything and all will be well. It doesn't work that way. You need to know. And that's where the Spirit of God leads you into these prayers. So the interesting thing that I thought was good, excuse me, Ephesians 1 so we'll be doing Ephesians prayers, we'll be doing Ephesians 1, 15 and 16. It says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love toward all the saints, the people of God, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. 
Thanksgiving should be a regular part of our everyday lives as priests before God. It's interesting that Paul really didn't start to pray for the Ephesians until he heard of their love and faith. And you know, too often what happens is we take somebody and uh, say somebody gets born again, right? And we, we pray with them, right? And then we walk away. We're done. They got, they're in. And he got to this place and says, no, I have heard of your faith and love towards the people of God. And so I do not cease to give thanks for you and to pray for you. And <clears throat> when, I, when I read that, I was like, yeah, I'm guilty of that. I have prayed with people and I walk away because it was good, right? I did what I was supposed to do. But that's not what I'm supposed to do. If I have, if I have somebody that God has laid on my heart or I prayed for, um, then it needs to be until the Lord lets me go on that because I'm, I'm ministering in that place. Because now, as a born-again Christian, I'm a priest before God. And when you're a priest before God, you have a responsibility. And that responsibility is to keep interceding and praying for those. So, in Ephesians 5, it says, At all times and for everything give thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. So give thanks. Ephesians 4, 6, Do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and everything by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving continue to make your wants known to God with thanksgiving. So we need to be in that place of thanksgiving and interceding. So Ephesians 1, verses 17 through 23, you know, I turned to James because that's where I wanted to go. You know, when you do that, you always turn to the wrong page, <laughs> the wrong book. Okay, Ephesians 1, <clears throat> verses 17 through 23, says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So in verse 17, it says, For I pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father glory, that he may grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. I found, I don't know how many of you have done this, but I've done this thing where I thought that knowledge and wisdom were one and the same thing. And they're not. <clears throat> you can acquire knowledge. And that's what you do. You acquire knowledge. So, you have knowledge to do a particular thing. So, we know we send kids to school to, to get knowledge, right? They need to learn algebra and geometry and all this fun stuff. And then we send them to college so that they could get more knowledge, right? The problem is they come back with knowledge but not a lot of 
wisdom. And the problem that we run into, and I've done the same thing, you know, is that I've got all this knowledge, but... So here I am yesterday, this is a perfect example. I'm having trouble with my tractor. I cannot figure out why I can't get this implement hooked up to my tractor. And I've got knowledge, I have worked with this tractor, I've worked with this implement. This is just nuts. I'm sitting here, I've got work to do, and I'm starting to get angry. You know, this never happens to you folks, I understand. But <clears throat> I'm getting angry, I'm getting frustrated, I'm like, I'm ready to take a hammer to this thing. It will fit, I will make it fit. And then, <clears throat> then my wife comes out and says, let's pray. Leave me alone. <laughs> so we did. We prayed and we, Father, you, you know, you've given me understanding. I understand this equipment. And so we prayed and I'm sitting there scratching my head and then all of a sudden I reach down there and, oh, all right, this is good. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> but no, at that moment, wisdom came. The knowledge I had learned, Spirit gave me wisdom to make that attachment. You know, and it's just like, so knowledge is input. This is one of the things that we have. Um, we keep forgetting that knowledge is input, and it's just, so I'm taking in knowledge, taking in knowledge. But you know, if I don't do anything with it, what is it? It's useless. You know, wisdom is the usage of the knowledge. So when, when Paul was pay, praying here that give you the spirit, and you'll notice the spirit is a small s. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's your spirit. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. <clears throat> so in other words, so I know, I know a guy who can probably quote this Bible to you backwards and forwards but he doesn't understand the wisdom. He's got a lot of knowledge. But this is knowledge, you understand? This was written for our knowledge, so we would know some things. Now, if we read this, and we look at this, then when it comes time for wisdom, the Spirit enlightens things that we learned in the Word and how to apply it in somebody's life. <clears throat> so James 1.5, you don't have to turn there, but it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not or doesn't beat you up about it, and it shall be given, it shall be given to them. You need to understand, it shall be given unto them. <clears throat> Excuse me. So in verse 18 it says, by having the eyes of your heart which is your soul and your mind, okay? Flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope of which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. So we come to this place of wisdom and he floods us. You know, the interesting thing when I was trying to hook up that piece, I mean, you can't understand. When you're looking at a, a piece of equipment that's level here, and level here, and when you hook up to it, it's like this. It makes no sense. And you know what it was? Two pins. 
that I had to pull out and move and drop this thing down. I became flooded <laughs> with light. It was a simple thing. But he floods us with light, and we look at that, and we, just, and we have to go to that place. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So when he was talking about this, that we're flooded with light, so we have knowledge. He's given us knowledge in his word, and now he's asked for wisdom, so we, we seek that wisdom. So our, our mind and soul is flooded with light so that we can know and understand the hope of which he's called you. You know, there's a lot of people who read this. And it's, to them, it's a book. We read this book. And they read it, and they don't understand the hope of their calling. They still get off into things, you know. So there's a, there's a religious sect out there that read in the scriptures in Mark, you know, where it talks about that they shall take up serpents and they shall not, you know. And so what they do is they tempt God by picking up rattlesnakes and copperheads and they dance around with them because that shows their faith. That's not what it said. <laughs> but they take it that way. This is more like if, if in the case of Paul... He has this firewood, and a snurpent comes out and bites him. Now, there's two things that can happen here. He's been in the spirit with God. He has been communing with God. And when that snake latched onto him, he went, did he pray a prayer? Did he run to the doctor? He continued to build the fire. And the serpent didn't bother him. He was in that place of knowledge and wisdom. Now, we run into these things where we get something like that, and ah, and we have to run and get, see the doctor and get the stomach pumped and all this kind of stuff, and, and we have to use wisdom in these things, but that is who, what God gives us. If you're going to be working in, in this prayer, Ephesian prayers, you've got to understand he gives you wisdom abundantly. He's not going to give you a little bit of wisdom to get by. He'll give it to you abundantly. See, Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will liberally supply, fill to the full your every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So there's an inheritance here. In verse 18, our, our eyes or our soul and mind are flooded with light so we can know and understand what hope which he had called us and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. You have an inheritance your inheritance is not to be poor and broke. Your, your inheritance is to have all your needs met through his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And the hope of your calling. What are you called to? If, uh, if you remember a couple months back when I, was, when I was ministering up here, there was, you know, there's being called. You're being called and you're being chosen. You have a hope of calling in your life. You know, I, I, I feel bad for um, young kids that have a lot of knowledge, but they don't have a calling, or they don't know what their calling is, I should say, because they do have one, but they don't know. They don't have wisdom. They've got a lot of knowledge. They want to save the world. They want to save the elephant at the expense of a human. They want to save a whale at the expense of a human. And I, I love nature. God put them here for us, right? 
Whales are here for us to enjoy. Elephants, all these animals are here for us to enjoy and to use, right? But you are more important than any of them. And that's just the truth. But they get lost in this knowledge and they don't understand what they're truly called to. We can help things in nature as well as supply things or help people in themselves. Get a little tongue-tied there. I know that's never happened to anybody else around here. So in verse 19, he says, and so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing, surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. This one began to really grab hold of me. His power. Now his power, we talk about it in the Greek, the word is dunamis, we've all read that, and I mean, same thing we get uh, the word dynamite from, it's that dynamite dunamis power. The surpassing greatness is power in and for us who believe. Now, if you take that verse 19, it says that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, think about this now, immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing, I'm in the Amplified, but this is just amplifying what was in the King James, surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. Let me get back here to King James. Seeing greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Everything in this is for us. Unlimited, immeasurable, and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated by the working of his mighty strength. Who lives in you? The Holy Ghost. Does the Holy Ghost have less power than God? He is God. So if the Holy Ghost lives inside of us and we have knowledge of the will of God and he gives us wisdom because we ask for it, not beg, ask, Father, I need wisdom. What do you have at your disposal? I got a hold of this and I, I just, <clears throat> you know, excuse me. <clears throat> if you have a problem in your life, verse 19 covers it. Jesus Christ went to the cross. He went to hell and was raised to the right hand of the Father that this power would indwell us. To get a hold of that power that indwells you. It would, it, would change, it would radically change us if we would truly look at this and imagine our minds truly flooded and filled with light in the knowledge of God and His power in us and what is available to us to do His will on this planet. You've got no excuse. You really don't. 
Nobody has an excuse for not doing what God has called them to do. I don't have an excuse. I do not have an excuse for not paying attention or maybe not reading or maybe not praying. That's on me. God has already placed in me all wisdom and power. So what's my responsibility? Knowledge. I have to put this in me every day. Every day this has to come into me. Something out of this has to come into me, some knowledge, so that when I come up to an issue, and this is one of the things that I have to think about when I'm up here at altar care. Who's coming up for prayer? I don't know. I don't know what their needs are. But before anybody steps in this building, God already knows what their needs are and what they have, what they're going to come and ask me about. Now, I can stand over here. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Or I can stand in the confidence that whoever comes up to me and says, you know, I have a need of. And the Holy Ghost begins to rise out of me and says, yeah, okay, this is what we have. This is what the Lord would have you do. This is what the Lord would have me do with you. Lay hands on. Speak a word. He's got it for me. I can. You realize how relaxing that is? It's not in my power or strength. There's not one thing I can really do about it. Because up to this point, I better have been putting in knowledge in. I better have been taking in knowledge bringing that word in here so that the Lord can then use that in wisdom to minister to somebody else's need. So the greatness of his power in and for us who believe, and that believe is something that you have to do again, you know, wow, can you believe? If only you will believe. As demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. Verse 20. Which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. So this power that is in us this strength that is in us is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. That same spirit is in us. He spent time on this. I mean, well, he just wrote a letter, he wrote two. But he spent time here to understand that you have power. he has power. And that power has worked in us and for us who believe is the same power that he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his own right hand. You know, that power, it says that he worked in Christ. You know, when Christ was in hell, and we've, we've used this, I've used this, where like God reached down and pulled him out of heaven, or out of hell and pulled him into heaven. It doesn't say that. It says he worked that power in him. When he was in hell, he was dead because he had to be dead for us. That's, that's how bad this was. He was dead in hell for us. And God worked in him his power to bring life back into Christ and bring him out and seat him at his right hand. Now by faith, what does faith say? We are now seated 
with him at his right hand. You know, we think a lot about earthly kingdoms, but you know what's at the right hand of a king? Power, authority. If a king were to set you at his right hand, you were in favor. So by faith, you're sitting in a place of favor. That power is at the right hand of God. You're at the right hand of God. This is so covered. I just, I just was, as I was praying this with Luann one night, I just, we are so covered with power in us and on us. Do we believe it? So it says here that in verse 21, well, verse 20, we'll go over it again. Which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. Above every title that can be conferred. Not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. Far above. So... Your authority extends into the White House of this country. Now, are you moved by what you see? Or are you moved by what God is having you see? And if God is having you see something and you've got knowledge about principalities and powers, then are you opening yourself to his wisdom in praying for these principalities? I mean, I'm not principalities, powers, but these people that are in power. See, one thing you got to remember, in our form of government, these guys are our servants. You understand? They are not our leaders. They're our servants. So we pray for our servants to do what is right and honorable. That is, we have that authority. And we also have that authority over the spiritual world. Because of Christ's authority in us. See, we're like the cop. And I know I used this um, the other day, but um, in our um, uh, altar care meeting. So we wear a badge. Now, a police officer has no authority in and of himself. You understand that? He doesn't. What he has is the authority of the municipality that hires him to enforce the laws of that municipality in this, in this age that we're in right now. So you have a badge. You wear it proudly. But it's not your authority, it is the authority of heaven in you that you are working in this place to minister the good of God here. Now in that authority... You have things to say and to do. The problem is, too many of us get in that place where we forget this power which he exerted in Christ is in us. And we get timid. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to feel like, like we're being too, too religious or spiritual, I guess is the term. But... And so we back off. Now you can imagine, 
We've seen this, right? All right, defund the police. These things, I mean, the things that are happening in this world, they just, you can see them and you look at scriptures and like, wow. But so we defund the police, we take away the protection of the police force, we pull back our authority, so the government pulls back the authority, and what happens? We have riots, we have chaos, we've got people coming in through our borders, we have all this stuff because the government has pulled back that authority. And we can only act, right, on that authority that we're given. Here, we're given all authority. Please understand that. You are given all authority. And it is the same authority that is far above all rule. All means all. Okay. And all authority and power. Now, the interesting thing about power that God has in verse 19, it's dunamis. The power in verse 21 is not dunamis. They don't have that kind of power. It's, it's a word that means, and I wish I'd have written it down, I was going to, but it just means like you have an ability. So they have an ability to, the demons of this world have an ability to confuse us or to try to put fear on us. But that's all they have is an ability. They don't have any power. It says all rule and authority and power and dominion. You know, cancer is a dominion. Diabetes is a dominion. Autism, Alzheimer's, they're dominions. And they are under our feet. Every bit of it is under our feet. This power, I feel like I'm preaching a healing message here. <laughs> but this power that is in us, it puts these things under our feet. And we get to a place where we laud them over the power of God. We do. And that's, that's scary. Because now the devil is saying, yeah. And, you know, the devil's not omniscient. He's not around all over the place. But he's got demons. and He's got things. And we have our minds. that It's that knowledge. So if a person has had medical training, right? So he's got knowledge of how to fight cancer. We're going to poison you. And hopefully the cancer dies before you do. That's what it is. We're going to irradiate you. And hopefully we don't cause more cancer in the future by giving radiation poisoning in fighting this cancer today. It's the knowledge they have. And that's how they fight it. And then we hear what the doctor says. Now, do you take it into your heart? Or do you say no? I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to your doctor, but you've got to listen to the Holy Ghost first. Right? You've got to listen to the Holy Ghost first. So what am I going to do? I've got knowledge. What's God telling me to do? And it may seem strange. Think about this. Jesus is there. He spits on the ground, makes mud, and sticks it in somebody's eyes. Is that in the scripture before Jesus ever did that? Why did he do that? Because the Holy Ghost said, do that. 
he spit on a guy's tongue. Right? He took his fingers and stuck them in the guy's ears. Why? There's no... You go in the Old Testament, there's no... He didn't have that to look back on. What did he have? He had the Holy Ghost in him. This is what you need to do. Why did he need to do it? Because that person at that time needed to... Maybe that person at that time needed to feel that. Or feel that. To have faith in what Jesus was doing. Rather than just the centurion who speaks out faith... And Jesus says, be it done unto you according to your word. And as he turns around and goes back, he's met by a servant that says, your servant is well. He's healed. As the Spirit leads. This power that was in Jesus is in us. We have it over all rule, authority, power, dominion, and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred. Do not confer a title upon something that is coming against you other than it is defeated. Not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. So if you look back at the law and those things that God said were under the law of sin and death, and then you come to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which has redeemed us from all these things under the law of sin and death, what right does it have to be in your body? So, where's your authority? Holy Ghost. Who's the cop? You. Are you apprehending this thing? Are you? We have to apprehend this thing. We have to execute judgment on this thing. Whatever it is. Whatever the title is. It's done. It's under our feet. He says he put all things, I got ahead of myself, he put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church. You, me, that authority and power is to be exercised through us. You got to believe that when you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. It doesn't say maybe or will, it says shall. You know, when you're in your positions, most everybody here is a worker in this church. Most everybody here that's here right now has got some place, whether it's an altar care, kids, um, ushers, greeters. I don't care what parts you have. You have authority. One of the things I've told our people in altar care, we have a couple of different kinds of authority when we're up here acting in this place. We have the authority, obviously, of the Father who gave us the authority to lay hands on sick. We have the authority of the pastor who says, because as the under-shepherd of this church, says, I want you guys to minister to these people as led by the Holy Ghost, and I give you authority to do it. I have authority. You have authority. Say this to me. I have authority. I have the power. It's in me. Praise God. Confession is good. It said in verse 22, he put all things under feet, appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, throughout the church. So you got so we have to be in that place that when we when we stand, 
What, did, what does the scripture say that wherever I put my foot is holy ground? It's holy ground. You understand that when you're putting the devil under your feet, when you're putting doubt, and honestly, when I think about the devil under your feet, he's defeated, but it's the thoughts and things that come in our mind that reduce our authority. We've got to put those under our feet. Now, the devil and his dominion, or his people, they'll come around and they'll try to say, well, this and that and the other thing. But if we don't walk in that authority that everywhere I put my foot is holy ground. I'm in a place of authority where I'm at right now. If I walk into McDonald's, I'm in a place of authority. Well, what does that mean? It doesn't mean I can order a Big Mac and get it for free. But it means I have authority in this place. I have authority over the food that's being prepared for me. I have authority over the, the spirit that is in that place. I don't have authority over the people, but I have authority over the spirit in that place. If I walk in that, in that authority, I walk in there confident the food I'm going to get is going to be good. Confident that I can be a minister to anybody there just by smiling. You know, you know some of those people, I mean... They're, they've got more money now per hour than they've ever had, but they're making less money than they've ever made. And you can just be a blessing just by, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Let me give you a little testimony here, just because I have time. Um, so we've been praying for favor with people, because one of the things, if, see, if I don't have favor with somebody, like say, say Michael here, if I didn't have favor with him, I'd have a hard time speaking to him. I couldn't really speak into his life, right? Because I don't want anything to do with you. How would I say that in New York? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> but see, that favor, so I have favor, right? So we're in this restaurant one day, and this manager saw my granddaughter. And so she struck up a conversation, just, you know, and, and she's a, a younger manager. She's married, and, and, uh, but she strikes up this conversation. So we don't think much about it. Next day, we come into this restaurant. We get up there to place an order. Took an order. This gal walked by, and she comped the meal. $25 meal. Oh, praise God. You know, just, so I'm, I'm thanking her. I'm starting to develop a dialogue with this person. I don't know where it's going. But I'm developing a dialogue with this person. So we go in there the other day, and she sees Abby. And she says, Abby, how you doing? You know, and Abby's a little shy, but we order our meal and whatnot. This gal comes by, comped another meal. She's comped over $100 worth of meals for us. Because I asked for favor, and I am treating her with favor and respect. So I give God the glory for it. But see how prayer works. It, does, it isn't so much I, I pray so I get, I pray so I can be a blessing somehow. And I pray from that place of authority. So all things are under our feet. That was a little side note, but it's, it's true nonetheless. <laughs> so the church, the headship exercised throughout the church, verse 23, which is his body? Who are you? 
You are the body of Christ. The fullness of him who fills all in all, for in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. You are the body of Christ on the earth. And I, and I know there's, uh, he talks in Corinthians about the eye, lording it over the ear, lording it over the foot. But I'll tell you what, it doesn't make a bit of difference. The power of God is in every cell of the body of Christ in the church. So I don't care if you're just a little cell that's taking oxygen out of the blood. The power of God is in you to take the most out of that blood to benefit the rest of the body of Christ. You have a place. Don't ever think you don't. I tell you, start having your cells die off in your body and see how long you go. You know, you have a place and a position. You are called. You are anointed. You have the power of the Holy Ghost in you. There are no more excuses. If you don't have enough money, there's no excuse because God has, says he'll meet all your needs through his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What does that mean? God will move on somebody to provide you with a job or some funds or comp a meal. Right? He's not, he's not a counterfeiter. He's not going to rain pennies from heaven. But he will move on somebody to meet your need. He's a healer. If you have sickness in your body, go to the elders and have them lay hands on you to anoint you that you will be healed. Term is shall be, not will be, not might be. Power of God resides in you. So when Paul was praying this prayer over the Ephesian church, he was praying something powerful. If they could get a hold of it. Number one, that they love and their faith and then he prayed that all these things would come upon them. That they would understand who they are in Christ and the power that's in them, the availability. And the Ephesian church was a mighty church. It was a mighty church. We're a mighty church. We are. So Father, we just give you thanks and praise, and glory and honor and blessing. We thank you that we are part of the body of your son, Jesus Christ, and he is our head. We're so thankful that your spirit indwells us and gives us all knowledge and power and wisdom. Father God, we seek wisdom as revealed by your, by your word and as the spirit gives us wisdom to put your word to work. It says your word works in us. Your power works in us. You exerted when you worked your power in Christ when you raised him from the dead. It is working in us. Oh, Father, help us not to be kicking our feet up and coasting. Hallelujah, Father. We just give you praise. Thank you for blessing us. We just bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. We thank you for all you're done, all you're doing, and all you're going to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.